jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic So, thanks for the invite to party, yeah Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now, dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now All right, all right, stop messing around. Okay, now I hear you. Hey, there you are. <laughs> Man. There we go. Uh, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Jariah Dawkins. Joining with me tonight is Billy Beeman. Uh, Josh cannot make it with us. How's it going, man? Great. Awesome. Very excited to, to have our guest on tonight, man. Yes. Uh, not a whole lot of introduction needed. Uh, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you've definitely heard his uh, special guest tonight, Shane Swager of Rookie Fever Podcast and many, many, many other things uh, at Twitter, <laughs> at Swagzilla0G. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to be here, man. Like, got a lot of fun planned tonight, it looks like, and, and sounds like. And uh, yeah, some quick catching up to do before the show, and we jumped right into it. And uh, man, yeah, I- I'm stoked to be here. So. Thanks for uh, having me on. It, it's funny, like, just uh, <laughs> even um, before the show, like, getting caught up and stuff. Yeah, first, we're just going to ask you some of, you know, the normal questions that we would ask, you know, our guests and stuff like that, get to know you a little bit better. I'm sure you probably answered these questions a million times over, but let's get into it, man. How many years have you been playing Dynasty? And that's the nice thing about this question is I have answered it before, but it changes every year. <laughs> so it's kind of nice. Like <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, but probably about six, man, six or so. Like not as many as like some of the real OGs, but played in like some keeper leagues and uh, and then just kind of was too hooked for that. But probably like six to seven. Wow, with your uh, with your dynasty prowess and involvement, right, in the community and and all that, like you would definitely think it's been longer. You know what I mean? Just with how long, with I don't know. I feel like how long I've been listening to you. I feel like you've been doing this for twenty years with dynasty. Uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, I dive right in, and um, and at the beginning, I mean, by the time people were listening to me on shows and I was putting my voice out there, I was already into dynasty, you know, and it already taken over and it's such a powerful substance that it almost like just takes over redraft and they become like your charity leagues and secondary leagues. They're just not as fun. And it's just that, that addiction that you have. And, and and you even learn like early on with the, like your keeper leagues and your redraft leagues and you're in those with like 10 or 12 close friends. And then you're like talking to them about it. And then they're just like sick of you. (laughs) <laughs> and and you're yes. kind of like man like they're just like what's going on here like i'm even i'm trying to make trades in my keeper leagues and they're like oh no we can't make trades right now we'll wait till this happens and and then that's kind of when you start to realize like man i'm i'm just like a little different than these particular guys at this point 
And that's when you kind of start to meet people in the community and move on to dynasty and join those leagues. And, uh, and then it's just, I don't know. It's just a crazy beast. It probably fits like the addictive personalities very well. That honestly, the way you broke that down is hilarious. Cause that is exactly how, how it feels for sure. Coming into the community. Like you, you tried to get, like I tried to get all my friends and, and, and tried to, some you know be more active in 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 fantasy and and stuff like that and it just didn't work i couldn't get right that they weren't they they were as into it as you and then you kind of realize like oh we're different like yeah like you guys just want to play sometimes like i want to watch football all the time like i want to play football all the time like so it's funny kind of going through that it definitely takes a different kind of person um to do it and and you definitely it uh addictive personalities it attracts addictive personalities for sure yep. man i mean look i just wrote an article on on kind of uh asking people to kind of like take it easy on the amount of leagues that they're joining you know maybe fewer is better especially at first um because like it, you know the more you're in the less active you are and it, it kind of can get crazy so it's a, you know you can get into it really fast and go way down the rabbit hole really quickly if yeah. you're not careful you know and yep and it can be it can be tough. I love the way you broke that down. <laughs> like last year, I think a combination of things happened that kind of made people join too many leagues. Like one, we got into COVID. Mm-hmm. People had a little too much time. They're getting bored. They wanted to do drafts. And two, like I don't know if you guys were into it at all, but in that moment, like draft app went away. So yes. you couldn't just like go and do like those like best ball drafts that were getting that fix. Like this year, I mean, there's a couple new apps around like i see underdog and you guys you guys need like the dynasty underdog if you're not on that by the way well um, hey man uh we actually do have a link on our profile they uh they offered to sponsor us. so yeah good segue <laughs> i hit him up i was like hey man we're like cousins we're like your dynasty cousin why don't you go ahead and hit us at the sponsorship like hey we'll give you a link so yeah <laughs> hell yeah yeah so yeah, if anybody wants to do that, go hit the link in the in the uh <laughs> Yeah, the but, but last year I I think they were sort of beginning, but they weren't as popular. So I think people were like hitting up more safe leagues, they were joining more startups with their friends. Like I think a lot of people feel like they needed to get that fix through dynasty and I, I think that's I mean it's like uh <laughs> I don't know, it's like that addictive personality, you know, it's like they couldn't find any weed and they got some coke <laughs> instead and it was just more than they could handle oh man that's so good <laughs> oh my goodness so i mean we're, we're kind of talking about getting into too many leagues before we move on to the next thing here uh do you ever feel bad about leaving leagues like i i've kind of had this it, this kind of pass over me over the last couple months just looking at like there's maybe one or two that I could maybe be like yeah I I could probably not spend the money on this and like focus my my efforts elsewhere and and you know whatever and because I'm not going to be as into it you ever get you ever feel that way have you ever left leagues like how do you feel Um, I've left leagues yes and uh and I don't think you should feel bad I do have like rules for myself that I don't think anybody should feel like they have to follow but I do have like two-year commitment rule Mm-hmm. just in case I don't like it, you know, like, and if it, if it's maybe you end up enjoying it year two, and if you're not enjoying it year one, maybe kind of just keep it to yourself and see how it pans out and try to see if you can start to enjoy it within year two. And at, at, within two years though, if a league, if you feel like it's just not for you anymore, whether it's 
you're not getting what you think it's worth to you financially. Cause I think that you do need to look at your buy-ins as a, as a, as a sort of like uh part investment. of your entertainment funds an investment too, but part of your entertainment funds, like your truth is we're not all going to win. We want to, it's awesome. When you do, sometimes you win enough to pay for all of your leagues. But if like that buying is $10 to a hundred dollars, if you don't feel like you're getting like, and a fair entertainment value out of that. If like, it's the league is pissing you off, it's not worth it anymore. So, and, or if it's just not fun, you know, for whatever reason, or if you have too many and you need to cut back, I like to get rid of my teams. Like um, I left a team that I got first place this year and I, and it just kind of um, needed to cut back a little bit and it was changing hands a little bit it just felt like a good time to and it wasn't there were everybody in the league was fine but it was just like okay this team's in good shape i need to come back the activity is meh it's it's three years in you know i'm ready to move on and that team was in good shape i felt like not only to contend but for the future as well still had picks and stuff so um i don't i don't think you should feel bad though but just don't do it for the wrong reasons or if there's one person in the league you don't like, I don't, I wouldn't let that be something that makes you bail on a league. But if it's just overall, like something you're not enjoying about it. And definitely if like it's financial reasons, like, yeah, I don't think you should feel obligated. And I don't feel like you have to give it two years. Like I said either, but for me that I do like to do that. No. Yeah. I like how you have your own little rule book for it. I mean, you, you know, you definitely should give it a shot and yeah, I, I agree. You shouldn't feel bad about it. That's just my personality. I think <laughs> Yep. I just feel bad. So, um, but yeah. All right, cool. All right. Next question. What is your favorite aspect of dynasty? Kind of like the, kind of like we talked about up there a little bit, like with that addictive personality and then kind of like getting to know people. I think you get to know a little bit more about personalities because you are working with them like long-term and you're getting into that draft. And I think that's something too, that like, some people overlook like within your startup draft is the camaraderie that you want to be trying to build within that startup draft. Like some people want to be cute and like understand that they like might be sort of rubbing somebody the wrong way and they think it's fun. And, Mm -hmm. um, but some of those moments are important, honestly, because for your entire league, quite honestly, because the better you all get along, the more active it's going to be, the more people are going to come in and just like joke around and talk and have fun in your chats that you most likely built for your dynasty. And so probably just like that aspect of getting to know people, bringing people together, honestly, because that's a lot of it within like our community. Cause we open up different chats, we talk to each other and it's a lot of fun, but then just getting to create, my own beast and and hopefully it does some damage you know but and just <laughs> it, you're you're gonna have different visions and deadlines for yourself i don't know it's a fun building process yeah no it, it's really cool that's a little bit different answer than we've gotten it's it's cool we talk about one of the leagues the first league that the first dynasty we've we ever joined uh both your eye and i are in that console wars and that one like the chat like how we built that like you're saying from the ground up really I think fostered a lot of like the trading that goes on in there and it's just like such a fun group of people and we really like 
I think we, we created some friends. I mean, your eye and I are friends from it. Like there's just, you know, it, it's really yeah. cool. Like how, how that worked out. And that is a, that is something very specific to dynasty. You're not going to do that in redraft. You're just, it's not. No. Yeah. Redraft like, you're setting the table and wiping all the crap right back <laughs> onto the floor after every season, whether you ate good or not. And dynasty you can kind of like, you can have a 12 course meal. Yep. Exactly. Like exactly. All right, let's get into a rookie question here. What is one of your most underrated prospects? Man, this was this was a really tough one. Because um, as you guys mentioned, like we've been doing those rookie fever player profiles and we're yes. talking to a lot of people. So when I saw this one at, at first, I wanted to say, I mean, unfortunately, it might be Justin Fields today because everybody's <laughs> <laughs> But that's probably really, not fair really. to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to say um, Therese Marshall, but even he's been getting a little bit more hype lately. And Matt Hicks was somebody that turned me on to him a little bit earlier. And I was just like, wow, this guy fits a lot of things like my my uh, particular wants and needs. Like I realize I have a type sort of within wide receivers and he fits my type. As do I. And, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like if he's somebody like, um, so we're in the second round of our rookie fever mock draft tomorrow night. And if I pick third in the second, it's just me, Dave and um, feverish doing it. Yep. If he falls to me at my third pick, I'll take him there at two Oh three. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I mean, in, in like, if he gets the first round draft capital that, you know, people are talking about that's possible for him in, in the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah to the moon if you can get him at uh if you can get him at 203 after that we'll, we'll see <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah i'll let you guys know that's awesome I, I like that a lot all right next one uh so you've been doing these rookie fever profiles which have been amazing i think you guys have dropped in at least two a week maybe three a week for yeah three a week i think we'll have 30 by the end of this week or 30 drop today i think 30 drop today yeah so but uh, Zach Wilson was recent, and uh, well, I think I think I've listened to them all. Anyways, we have a couple of good questions for you here. So, what's the favorite rookie profile episode yet? Man, so that this is probably the toughest question you're going to ask me of the show because there have been so many awesome ones and so many awesome guests, and the guests like really have been bringing their A game. But for me, like. The ones, a couple that stood out to me in my particular interviews is kind of like the same reason as even what we're doing tonight. But uh, Felix Sharp, incredibly smart dude. I'd never had a chance to talk to Felix before. And then same with um, Brandon Lejeune. So Felix did um, Tamari and Terry, and that was, he turned me on to him. That's somebody else you might want to look at kind of late. And then um, Brandon did uh, Patrick Fryermuth, and so they then they both like just, but so anyway, back to why I said like kind of like the show is it's just like I've never had a chance to talk to you guys, get to know you, and the, that was the same with those guys. And dude, those guys are so smart, such like just good dudes to talk to, and. Um, learned a lot about them and kind of felt like, you know, making, making a friend. And it was just, uh, I really liked those shows for me of the guys that I hadn't talked to before. 
That's really cool. Yeah. I, and just to touch on rookie fever real quick, just in general, I mean, the rookie profiles, what you guys are doing with them is absolutely awesome. Not everybody has a chance to digest, you know, all the information, like, like myself, like I make a point to, and I barely have the time to do it. So you guys make it so easy for anybody who really wants to like access all that information. Yeah. I appreciate really that. Really smart people too. From really smart yep. people. I mean, you guys are obviously too. You guys and adding Dave Wright to the show, amazing. Um, because he's one, he's one of the smarter ones out there. But yeah, and, and they're easy to find. They're on the feed. I mean, you can go right down the list and find whoever you want to listen to. If you don't want to listen to them all, they're all right there for you. So I don't know. Really been enjoying that. I'm not gonna lie. I've listened to almost all of them i think uh there's yeah. been there's been very few i've i've missed um because i've honestly i've wanted uh, there's a lot of these guys you hear so much about and you know that these guys are bringing their a game and like doing a good profile on them and people like brandon lejeune i mean trust their work anyway you know these are like some, yep. of, the, some of the better debbie guys you know out in the yeah in the industry so um that yeah it's been really cool sorry to harp on that but that was just something i wanted to say about rookie fever appreciate it yeah i appreciate it a ton and I think just one more thing that just really stood out to me was your guys' uh, willingness because uh, because there is a there's kind of like the film side of people, you know, we're film mm-hmm. guys. I'm a film guy. <laughs> and you have like the analytics guys like, well, we have these numbers. We don't need to watch film. But you've had plenty of guests that are both. And for mm-hmm. me, I, I love that. Right. Yeah. I love that. So I kind of cast a bigger net with like just the numbers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Billy's definitely more of a film guy, but um you guys have been willing to have on both and i think it's very important so i've really enjoyed that so yeah you can learn a lot from both sides yeah there's no way to go one direction with that i mean we've had people on here who are who are more um you know analytically driven and and stuff like that and do a lot of analysis and and we've asked them of course and what they think and it's you know it's kind of always the same answer but it's true like you cannot I mean, you can't watch film without the stats, like knowing kind of how old these guys are, what they've been doing. Like it all, it does factor in and vice versa, right? Like you can't do it without context. It doesn't work that way. So um, yeah, I love that you guys bring both aspects. It's been awesome. So um, from that, I mean, this might be the same answer. We said, we asked you what your favorite rookie profile was. So um, what, what is the most insightful one yet? I guess the one that kind of, you know, that had like, you're like, wow, like this is, this yeah. is different like yeah that's super tough too i'm gonna kind of cheat though and i'm gonna go with the one that um michael finero at art bark tv did with schofield that show was amazing and he he they covered all the quarterbacks in less than an hour and i mean just from start to finish like it it had a theme to it and uh that show he killed it like the whole and it's very they're very intelligent like it's not just that it's a good listen like it's very insightful mark schofield's awesome and finero designed that show like on point like and that one was probably the most insightful one show when i saw that that you guys are gonna have schofield on i was very interested how like which qb he was gonna do and then when I heard he was doing like all of them, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be different. And, I, and it, yeah. was, it was very well done. I, I love that episode because it you hear, you know, you what you hear about these quarterbacks. I mean, for me, I say it all the time on here. I'm not good at judging quarterbacks. I'm not a, like I'm I'm good with film for the most part with skill positions. But quarterback, it's just a different thing. You can't get inside these guys heads. So it's, it's really hard to say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he has great vision or he has great processing or whatever it may be. But somebody like him who really knows these guys, you know, really can break down film and understand yeah. it. 
gets on there and goes down the list of all the yeah. guys. I mean, yep. <laughs> there wasn't many he missed, you know, uh, from yeah. the top probably eight to ten. So we thought as a group it would be okay to kind of break the rules with Schofield to kind of just go through all of the quarterbacks. Who is going to give a better breakdown? I, I love yep. that. Yeah. All right, cool. So from that, uh, last one at least on ooh, last one on the rookie uh, the rookie fever profiles. I'm very interested in this one. Uh, wondering if if the, if this happened to you a lot or not. But um, have any of them changed your mind? And and I guess if one, what's the one that you know most? You were like, wow, all right, complete 180 on this. Yeah, dude. So this is a tough one too, and because and we've kind of brought this up on how we so when we had people come on the show they got to choose who they wanted to talk about, which was awesome. So that's one reason that I think the series has been so good completely, honestly, but then you also have to be a little bit careful because these guys are talking about their favorite guys. And, and I don't want to like, even, you know, throw shade, but that's where it gets tough because like all of them have changed my, opinion a little bit like and so you have to be kind of careful sure and um so the two that kind of stand out though and i mean i mean these have i mean even just like listening to like finero's style and then dave's style has been very humbling too because then you even like you hear i'll hear stuff that i like out of both of them and i'll try to bring it into mine and then i you some of it works and then there's other times where you just like dude that's just not me you know like what i this like i can't quite ask that question the same or set it up like that like and so you also learn and you remind yourself you know just to to be yourself and do it and we do have like some stuff we like to kind of keep a format with but you also have to do it your own way and just uh also like listen to those guys and let them shine too um man but my my bad i'm way off topic so but two that like i think that no, that, that kind was of good. Went a different way was uh so we had ryan mcdowell on with dave and he talked about jamar jefferson and he actually was hard on him like a little bit more and then same with um, Jordan McAmore did Trevor Lawrence and he kind of took a more realistic approach to it instead of just like coddling the idea of this guy being the next generational talent, just kind of like, yeah, he's awesome. Like I do think like the risk is low, but there is still risk. Like you're almost silly to just assume this is the safest play right now. Um, So those two kind of like, even while they did have good things to say, they were a little bit more realistic. So that, that is something that I think was hard to find in some of these, even when you would ask, like, what are your worries about the player? I think that that realistic like approach of, unless you ask them like, who's a player you don't like, you weren't getting much negative out of any of these player profiles. Yeah, that's true. You think uh, you think maybe the analysis would have been different if you had picked the player for the analyst. Um, I mean, it's not yeah, as fun. Yeah. It's definitely not as yeah, fun, but probably you know, like, or um, if you yeah, if you did it backwards and like uh, had them pick somebody they don't like. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like and see <laughs> yeah. how it works out. Yeah, to give to give it, a, and maybe that maybe it changed. They changed their own mind watching. Maybe we'll do that next year. It. We'll have like. Th- three player profiles throughout the week you hearing this Dave and Finero? <laughs> they're already we're all already like kind of all burnout 
but next year so then next year on friday we'll release one a week that is somebody they don't like that's great see so you still get you still get the ones that you're getting now but we'll we'll throw a twist in there next year look at that perfect yeah straight from dynasty underdog we're 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 helping create the show (laughs) yeah i don't think it would have been the same if we if we chose the players for him because that excitement was kind of for me what made it so enjoyable and just like i don't know so many awesome guests just that's the other thing yeah Yeah. having having like a slew of just like incredible guests from katie flower to mcnamara to you know schofield i mean to everybody else yeah uh what's his name ek baller was on there did one i I love his analysis so he's he's always fun to listen to just i'm sure i'm missing a million um you did 30 you did 30 so far so you had a ton of people yeah um yeah, so those are awesome. I, I encourage anybody to go listen to those if you haven't. If you're trying to like find more information on these rookies, that's your that's your go-to spot, man. It is it is awesome, awesome content. Um, all right, so I wanted to ask, get in a little bit of your dynasty strategy, uh, maybe a little dino theory talk here, because uh, you're you're somebody who, um, at least I recall, I kind of got the idea of dra- overdrafting QBs in a way, right? QB hoarding. If you um, want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, honestly, it's funny enough, Uriah and I, we, we co-own a team, um, a mm-hmm. Debbie team, and we actually employed that strategy of taking more than our, our fill of quarterbacks. I think we took five or something like five, that. I think. Um, yeah. and, and maybe even one in the rookie draft. Or so I don't know. Yeah, I think we have five right now. So I just wanted you to kind of walk us through, and of course, the listeners, through your, your QB strategy, how you know you're drafting them a lot drafting a lot of QBs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe in quarterback early and often. And this is something that John Hogan and I were talking about recently too, with like the new, like there's almost like a new landscape. And I don't know if it's just going to be within the mocks or in our actual startups, but people are like, you're seeing 10 to 15 quarterbacks gone in those first 20 picks now. Oh yeah. And that wasn't happening last year. You could get some of like, you could go, like you could really keep just going, like picking off quarterbacks throughout like the fourth and fifth round and have like four or five starters. You can't do that this year. Like, so it, it's almost like you have to evolve a little bit and I don't know exactly how every startup will go, but for me, I feel like you need to move back as early as you can and try to get like an extra pick here and there just because I think it's going to be, a little bit of a different landscape than we've seen, but I'm definitely like that quarterback early and often guy. And I still believe even in this new landscape that that's going to be the cheapest place to get your quarterbacks. So I think you need to get them. And I mean, even like, I mean, this last year was brutal. I had teams where I was like holding my head up high with all kinds of moxie. Like, look at all of my quarterbacks, you dumb guys. I don't want to swear in your share. Don't no, you swear could, you could, you could, you could, you could but do whatever you want. Yeah. Because motherfuckers would have sounded a little bit cooler than guys. But, Way cooler. I'm going to splice it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, and now this year, like I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, like, you know, Haskins didn't work out. Gardner didn't work out. I had a lot of those guys and, um, I'm trying to think of a couple other ones where now you're looking at it and you're like, wow, how much longer am I going to get out of Jared Goff and Teddy Bridgewater, this, Teddy Bridgewater. Is a big yeah. One. yeah. Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke. <laughs> how did I go from five starters to two? Yeah. Like yeah. realistically. So I don't feel like 
those picks were necessarily wasted still though or anything because you have the other teams where i look at and i'm like wow this one's still strong there are other teams where it's still like i had the right quarterbacks so i think more than ever like i want some kind of security now um it's probably going to be harder for me to tout Gardner Minshew as strong as I did or that next guy, you know, because sure. Yeah. It's, there's just uh, not as much security and it really, it really can burn a little bit. If, if you all of a sudden go from those numbers to it's a struggle, man. I don't want to be the guy without quarterbacks in a super flex is an environment at all. So I, I'm one that will pay up once I don't have them. I, I feel like that is what you have to do, but I, I'm first going to go probably for like Dalton Goff, see if I can get cousins. If I'm in a bad situation, those are probably the guys I'm kind of going after right now. Maybe some guys are still low on Tua and you can go get him for a reasonable price at this point. Those are the kind of moves I'm, I'm trying to make if I need a quarterback. So, so have you had this uh, strategy ever blow up in your face to where you kind of what you were just talking about, where you maybe you did drafted the wrong quarterbacks, so yeah, not able to move them? Yeah, and and yeah, it, it can, you know, I guess to that point. Um, but I think if you move them at the right time, like you do have to, but it, it can totally blow up in your face. And that was even, uh, I think, another question you're gonna ask was like, have you held on to a player too long? And have you even had those moments where? I know I need to get rid of him. Like I'm talking to you in this moment. And I'm like, Hey man, if, and this would have been last year, it once, once Mitch Trubisky gets that starting job and he's had a couple good games, you need to move him, like move Mitch Trubisky. And then all of a sudden he started and he has a couple games and I'm like, sweet. I've got another starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we're going to feel about Sam Darnold. Right? Yeah. That's me. <laughs> exactly. That's, oh my goodness. I mean, uh, so like when you, when you, employ the strategy when you go in and you're like, all right, I'm going to get four or five quarterbacks. Are you going in with a mindset, like willing to trade one of them? Is that part of it? Like I'm going to also take all of the QB assets, right? Limit what the rest of the league can get. And now they're going to want to come to me, especially if some of those guys hit, especially if you didn't get Drew Locke and, and Teddy Bridgewater or whoever, you know, that's kind of fallen off. Then you have, you know, four or five assets, right? So mm-hmm. have you, have you found, I guess two things, right? It's twofold do you use the strategy going, you know, going in with that? Like I want to sell maybe one of these players and also have you found it possible if so to do that, or is it harder to sell them than you thought? Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll answer that a couple ways. And so if you're kind of like making a mockery of me within the draft and just kind of like, Oh my gosh, look at all these quarterbacks. Like, and then you, if you see like one person, that's kind of the guy that's like, Hey, nobody trade for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> Okay. Like now I'm actually probably like you just, I don't even want to trade them to you now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, no I'm fine. What. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you guys just <laughs> yeah. do, your, do your thing. Like, and eventually one of you will come to me and then we can talk and like, I'm not going to try to like by any means make you overpay for something. If I, you know what I mean? It, whether you want my Dalton or Mahomes or whoever we're going after here, I don't want to make you overpay, but those are the times when you can evaluate your team and kind of help take care of the needs that you have. Or if one does come up, like if all of a sudden you're looking at your team and your, your three starting wide receivers are, man, I don't know, Corey Davis, 
somebody else. And like, if Corey Davis is your best wide receiver, you've got a problem. And now like, uh, however that problem was created, whether somebody was injured, a bad trade, a bad draft, you have really important aspects to the Superflex climate that you can use to try to help take care of your problems, whether it's going to get a wide receiver with a lesser quarterback and, you know, maybe we're going to trade Mahomes away and get Kyler Murray and somebody, you know what I mean? But you have, you have a, a, a actual monetary value that could go out and help get things that you need. But, and, and I don't mind, I don't mind hoarding them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. Like it, it, it really isn't bad to have like, four guys who all you 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 can always play right like that's never a bad thing to have play the matchup stream it a little bit yep yeah and especially if the rest of your team is sound right like obviously you don't four quarterbacks isn't going to do you a damn good if you don't have a good team so um it's all you know it's all matters yeah i'd way rather be sitting i'd way rather be the guy wondering what wide receiver i'm going to start than the guy that's not able to start two quarterbacks though yeah, that's fielding Ryan Fitzpatrick half of the year and and really yep. really struggling. I mean, I've been there. You know, I've been there, and it's it's not somewhere you want to be. I mean, I'm in a rebuild right now where I started off with like it was. I think I started off with like Winston Trubisky and Fitzpatrick. I somehow won the league the first year with Fitzpatrick and Winston. It was when they were balling that that 28 uh, interception season, and then it all fell apart. Of course, after that, so it's like I'm now I'm like. I'm seeing yeah. what it's I'm seeing what it's like to have no quarterback. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm starting yeah. from scratch. So and it's true, yep. you can't you can't go out and pay for one and, and your team still be sound after the after the startup. So you really kind of got to maneuver if you don't get them in the startup, which is why I think this strategy is at, at the very least, I mean, you got to get yourself three quarterbacks. That's that yep. is just you you have to. But if oh, you get absolutely. if you get yourself four or five, you create yourself so much flexibility. And I I I mean for us. Like, you know, we asked you if, it, if it's blown up in your face. I mean, for us, we have on this team, for, for your eye and I, we have Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke are, are three of them, okay? Then we have Baker and Tua. Even that's, you, even that's like, you know what I that's mean? That's not so, bad, yeah. No, it's not bad, but it, but it did sort of blow up in our face. But even yeah. so, even so, I think we've been able to do well with the rest it, of our it team. It felt a lot sexier a while ago. It did. It, it did. did. Yeah. But now, I mean, I think we've been given the, the opportunity to move Sam Darnold. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can do that, but it, it can, it can be difficult if you, if you pick the wrong quarterbacks for sure. So yeah. be cautious. <laughs> Another player that uh, I held on to for too long, that's kind of in the wind now is uh, Kenneth Dixon. And then one that I think I'm holding on to a little bit too long. Now I'm starting to get worried about is yeah. Preston Williams. I feel like we might need to like, that's a find a way one. to cut bait. That's a great yeah. one. And I, and I like him too. He's a, he's like an exciting player, but it's, it's, yep. it's, it's a combination of like situation injuries profile. And are they drafting a wide receiver there at six? That's what I mean by situation. It's like, he's, yep. his situation is okay. He's the second or third receiver, but he's definitely going to be the third or fourth receiver if they get somebody out of the draft and yep. he's just going to fall to the wayside. So that's a good one because people I think are still high on him and we get stuck on these guys who like flash you know what I mean? And almost nothing will turn us away from them. It's like, but, but we've seen like, like, you know, three or four things in a row here that are like concerning. So at some point you kind of got to let go. Um, 
I'm trying to think if I have any players that I've gotten attached to for too long. I don't generally do that. I'm good at, I'm good at, like, I'm not a person. I don't like um, doing the thing. Like I have very few players where I'm like, that's my guy. Right. I, I think like AJ Brown is like the one. That's good. They, you know? I mean, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's wrong good. <laughs> yeah. Probably helps diversify and. Yeah, it is. It is. Helps diversify my, my assets a little bit, but um, okay. So last question about super flex strategy here. Uh, we're talking a lot about like, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about Superflex to QB. A lot of people getting into Dynasty are, are just not familiar with that. You know, it's redraft. You're coming from redraft. It's one QB most of the time, unless you're with some really, uh, you know, risky folks who, who really try to play with the rules um, and they may already be playing Dynasty. So, you know, for the Superflex newcomers who, who aren't used to two QBs, what's your best advice? Um, I, I would say, you know, even kind of like we said earlier, like the getting to know people within your league, talking, you know, but be patient. Don't let anybody like, if, if it starts to feel like they like your side of the trade too much and it's a little bit like a car salesman type pitch, maybe just kind of back out a little bit, sleep on it. Don't be afraid to like revert to like, other people outside of your league for the advice like you probably actually want to even if like it's your close friend that it, it maybe is really smart savvy dude but that's not the guy you want the advice from maybe you know go a little bit outside of that and just kind of uh take that first year to get to know your league don't be afraid to lose but i would even say as the beginner in your league hold on to your picks just just in case like it's just not sinking in that first year and hold on to your picks you'll enjoy the rookie draft you'll it's it's dynasty is awesome super hard to value picks when you first get into dynasty especially super flex leagues where the quarterbacks matter so much it's almost worth just seeing how it plays out and picking and and enjoying it like you said for sure don't let anybody pressure you just take your time that advice though about backing out of a trade is awesome. I've actually don't think I've ever really heard that. Um, we talk about trades all the time and I'm not sure I've ever heard that, but that is such a good one because it can be overwhelming and you can be like, you know, not peer pressure, but you can feel like I got to make trades. Like I got to be involved. Like, you know, I got to do this. And it's like, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. So yep. just, you know, and, and people, there's some also, sharks, you're not going to like, you know, yeah. Shane, Shane's over here and he's saying like, you know, I'm not going to try to, you know, take, you know, take you for, you know, in, in, a, in a trade, I'm not going to try to get more than I should out of you or whatever, but there are people who are always going to try to screw you yep. always like, and worse than, you know, maliciously try to screw you. Not even like in like a playful, like, play. like they're going to really try to try to get, get one over on you. So yeah, you got to just be cautious. And the, the part that really I like is reach out to people, man, go on Twitter. We will all answer anybody who, if you commented on my post, I will answer you. You know what I mean? It, I think my DMs are open. If you want to ask me a question, ask me a question. And I know that anybody on here would, would yeah. answer as well. So it's like the community is awesome for that, but definitely go out and see, seek, seek the advice when you get in, because you, as much as you know, you think, you know, what you're, you're talking about with football, it's a whole different beast getting into dynasty. Yeah. 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 Or even, you know, I mean, get a dynasty trade calculator. Yeah. Get a subscription to DFF, get a subscription to your whatever. But I think that's part of the reason we kind of started this uh podcast was that we both all we all got in a dynasty at the same time uh this will be our third off season and yeah yeah <laughs> it's like our third off season and uh you know we we really got in a dynasty and i realized at least myself i realized okay 
everybody, because we got into the, our first league was a 36 team league, right? Three divisions. People have been playing Dynasty for more years than us. And like, I felt like I got taken advantage of, but like my own fault, right? I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, I really, really liked this Dynasty. And I saw that Dynasty's growing. And I was like, well, if we can make a podcast out there that would kind of just be, you know, a couple of goofballs that are, aren't sharks, we're, we're learning along the way and we can help people learn from our mistakes and just keep hitting on like the, the, the easy stuff, the super stuff, like the don't trade your picks away in your startup stuff. Like not the deep down analytical trade back, try to get three picks in your first 20 picks that we like to touch on that kind of stuff, but like we want to keep it simple. And, you know, so I, I appreciate that advice. That's kind of, kind of what spawned this whole thing in the first place is that I want, I want newcomers to dynasty to feel welcome and not just get their ass handed to them the first year and be like, this is, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. You, I mean, you could totally ruin somebody's experience within like one year just by totally taking advantage of them. And then they're just, they don't know how screwed they are until it's over. And then they leave this horrible orphan team for your league just because you thought you were cute and funny and putting up these trades on Twitter that people are like, how did you get that done? Yeah, like yeah. Just selling away all their first, you know, their first for two years to come or whatever, yep. and then leaving the team because they're like, wow, this was not fun. It's, you know, that's, yep. and, and like your I said, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Just give them that kind yeah, of platform and insight, you know what I mean, of, of the beginners. Cause like it's, it's hard, man. And honestly, I forget some of the beginner shit that like I learned. It's, there's so much to it. And it's, it's hard to kind of just keep it all together throughout the dynasty season. When you have 10, 11, that's me, that's 10 or 11. I know that I know other people, 20, 30 leagues, you know, it's hard to keep it all in perspective. So it's trying to give that, give that perspective back. I think. Definitely appreciate that. So uh, we kind of started this um, a while back, but we'd like to throw in a couple of jeopardy questions here. And since you're a rookie savant, uh, I thought I'd, I'd hit you with a quick rookie jeopardy question. So here it goes. He's the only true running back in this class likely to be drafted with three consecutive 20 catch seasons, which is one more than Giovanni Bernard had in his college. Who is he? Who is the Michael Carter truther? That was going to be my, that was going to be my oh, answer too. I actually don't know. Who excellent. Oh man. So yes. is this the moment I get to act like I'm smart or, yes. you, <laughs> yes. cut out the, or you cut out the part where I said, I, I looked it up because it was in the notes. No, no, oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I cut that part out. That's what happened. It's like, you man, this is, a, this is a really hard question. Like, wow. Like, how do they know this? <laughs> I love well, it. Shout out to uh, uh you should keep it co-host, in. <laughs> FF underscore Spaceman's database. That's where I Ooh, nice. get this information. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yes. yes. Um, that's awesome. I think Michael Carter, like we can talk about this real quick about his value. I mean, I think we I think I hit on it a couple weeks back, but I think you know the running backs in this class are not not great outside of the top two and never even know out of that so um outside the top two it's pretty rough and Javonta Williams his you know his partner in crime uh in North Carolina is is expected to be like third in our you know third running back to go in our rookie drafts and Michael Carter I think he is such a value man I how, like this guy three consecutive seasons 20 plus catches like we're saying the only true one in this class um with that stat 
and he's got the rushing ability too. We saw it in college. I mean, he's got. Are you high on Javante Williams, or would you rather like him go go and pick Michael Carter in the second, third round? So, so in Superflex here, we're talking Superflex. Oh yeah, always. We're always talking. Yeah. So I mean, in our rookie fever mock, it was crazy. Like, and again, this was just Dave Fanero and I. Yeah. But he, we had like all five of the quarterbacks, I think were gone within the six or seven picks. So it made all these players fall to us. And then Javante Williams was there for me at like 12. Wow. And for me, I had, like I mentioned earlier, Terry, Terry Marshall, I had him penciled in early on in that draft as the guy I was going to pick at 12 because I felt like he would fall to me. But then I'm all of a sudden like, what is Williams doing here? I can't pick Marshall anymore. <laughs> so that's yeah. why now I'm hoping Marshall waits for me. Um, but I'm a little bit worried about this running back class. I'm a little bit worried about the entire class. Like, I think there's going to be some hits, but we're going to have to see like where some of the teams are actually interested, but yeah, after, after Harris ETN and then, and then like you mentioned, Williams, I'm really like probably not taking Michael Carter late Fair enough. to be honest with yeah. you. I'm that's probably where I'm just uh, trying to get the wide receivers that fall to me. Those guys, I think it might be partly like, maybe it's because of Kenneth Dixon you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Quite honestly, but in those guys are like getting <laughs> Joshua Kelly. Kelly wrong or Zach Moss, you know, yeah. some of those guys are just feeling the early burn of some of those second rounders that I felt like had a great opportunity last year. And then the, the talent just didn't, didn't even show up. Well, it wasn't there. Yeah. I, I think it's probably I think you're probably better off taking your running backs really early in this draft and then fading them later. Right. And like yeah. you're saying, and then focusing on maybe your, your wide receivers, tight ends. And if some quarterbacks fall out. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where you have to listen to like what people were saying two years ago instead of in the moment. And when people are telling you like 2021 is going to be a really good quarterback in wide receiver class, you listen to what they're saying. Then 2020 is going to be a really good running back it was you know what I mean so now we've got a couple running backs that made it to this draft you know maybe Chuba Hubbard ends up being somebody but man I'm just I just don't know if that's where I'm going to be putting my coins this year I feel like I'm going to be taking those you know Fryermuth and Marshall those guys in the second I mean if you could have like your pick back that speaking for myself I took Joshua Kelly over Brandon Ayuk for you know what I mean? Mm, like that, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts bad. Yeah. Wow. And the, the, I heard this, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but I heard um, like a statement from, I, I don't know if it was an NFL scout or NFL somebody, but they were saying basically last year's draft had good wide receiver talent. We heard, we heard that a lot last year, right? There's great wide receiver talent, but they were more like the, the X receiver type, the more outside wide receiver type. And this year it's like stacked wide receivers, but it's more, the slot um, possession mm. type guys, right? I just thought that was interesting. And I think that those, you know, those guys can be safer at times, um, like Brandon Ayukes and stuff like that. And and it's just like, do not pass them over for the, yeah. for, the for the late round running backs. Don't pass them over yep. for the Joshua Kellys. And honestly, I was going to say, I, I might personally, I'm not huge on Devonta Williams. I see the appeal, but 
I at 12, I think you're just going to shake out where you'd probably take Terrace Marshall over, over him. Um, come like after the NFL draft and we get the draft capital of both Never these guys. Know, yeah. I think it might fall that way where unless, I mean, if Williams gets first round or really high second capital, maybe that changes, but I don't think it's going to happen. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just a little interesting thing I saw there. Excellent. All right. The last little topic we want to talk about. Uh, we've been throwing this in here the last few weeks. Uh, trades and non-trades because sometimes the non-trades are fun to talk about too. So let's just get into it. This is a trade I made with a co-host, Josh. He sent me, after we talked about, we recorded an episode last week. And she was here. I've been trying to get, I know, I've been trying to get rid of Irv Smith for like weeks now, ever since Kyle Rudolph was officially gone, right? Um, And so his value spiked Do Do you like get fixated once you're trying to get rid of a player? He's almost already like started to clean out his locker and you're like wow now like i'm done with irv smith like sorry dude like he knows it i know it we're part ways eventually here (laughs) sorry dude i do i'm moving him regardless this is happening so as soon as i decide it's over for for you and me man like i want to move you (laughs) Uh, by the way i moved irv smith as well so full disclosure So uh, he actually on sleeper, I only have one sleeper league. I prefer MFL, but uh, he, he hit me with the heart emoji on Irv Smith after we recorded last week. And I was like, oh, okay, he's interested. So I threw this together. I, I sent him Irv Smith uh, 311 for his Hayden Hurst, the 306, and then the next year's first. What do you think about it? So you moved up five spots and got Hayden Hurst. And a first next year. Wow. Yeah. I, I like that a lot for you. Thanks. I mean, honestly, like, I don't get it. No. <laughs> Sorry, Joshua, <laughs> who's not here. <laughs> no, no, I think, and I, I'll, I'll speak to his side at least. I mean, I'm, I, I, like I said, I've traded Irv Smith away, but I think there's this fascination with Irv Smith coming out of Alabama that, you know, he's going to take over the, the lead tight end role in Minnesota and just run away with it. And people like him, man. They think he is, he is. A, yeah. I don't mind him though. He's, he's a top five kind of guy. I, I don't think that's possible. I don't even think the targets are going to be there for him. We've done a lot of research on it. Like I, a lot of people have done a lot of research on it. Tight ends need a lot of targets to get up there. But yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's that guy. So maybe we're wrong and, and maybe, you know, maybe it, it works out that he is that beast but i kind of like i kind of i'm with you guys i like the hearst side here just because i think you're getting kind of similar production back plus a first like that's i I probably would have done it without the first just for moving up the five or six spots whatever that actually is because i mean that low on irv that well not i I don't know if it's that low on irv or if you're just kind of like you said to be honest with you i mean who's to say that like hearst doesn't have a much better season this year the second season with Matt Ryan versus Irv Smith with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, still have Adam Thielen there. I mean, Dalvin uh, Cook. Yeah, 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 exactly. That run game. And I know, like, I'm not saying like Calvin Ridley, Julio, we, we've got some amazing weapons over there. But man, Hayden Hurst, second year with Matt Ryan. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's crazy that he, rivals Irv Smith for a couple years while Irv Smith is still getting a little bit more acclimated. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind that move at all. I, I think it's awesome. You got the first, but yeah, dude, I mean, freaking love it. I don't care what year the first is. 
<laughs> Wait, when was the first? Was that this year? Next year. Next year. Still though, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what I looked at. I was like, I think Irv Smith and Hayden Hurst, as long as Atlanta doesn't draft Pitts, um, I think Hurst is probably going to put up very similar production as Smith this year. So. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't at least try to get back a second in that same he, uh, 22 he class. Or, oh, he asked me to get rid of the thirds. So he's like, hey, could we, he's like, can we just get rid of the thirds and I'll do a Hurst and a first for Irv? And I was like, Nope. I know he wants herbs, so I was like, nah, but I'll, I'll do this one, though. No, you, hard, you hearted him. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, no, see, he's that, my co-host, too. So. <laughs> hey, your eyes are perfect. Now we're finding out what kind of player you are. That's, that's okay. That's okay. We all have to, <laughs> we all have to do our, our thing. No, I, I'm like that, too, to be honest with you. I don't. I will say this. With trades, I do not like losing, and I don't mean like – it's not that I, I don't mind like losing if you guys think I lost. You know what I mean? I don't I don't like thinking I lost the trade. Like I don't care if like public perceptions I lost the trade, but um it just because I'm always trying to win. It's not like I want to win the trade. I'm always trying to win the league. So I'm like always trying to get more value than I can back than you know what I mean? I'm never gonna take it. Yeah. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna overpay it for a player either. I don't do that. Like I don't I, I don't go out like oh, AJ Brown, I'm gonna overpay for him. I won't do that. Yeah. I want to try to make a trade today that I can't make in six months. Even if people perceive it as me losing it today, I'm fine with that. If I think it's a trade that I won't be able to make in six months, yes, I feel like I want it. And if that actually ends up happening, you're, you're feeling really good. You're looking back. I mean, it doesn't always happen either. Like sometimes you're like, Oh, it's, it's pretty fair. I'd probably still make it didn't work out how I wanted. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, wow, that one was dead on and you lose some. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I've lost. I definitely some have <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, about it. <laughs> I, I had a weird month where Travis Fulgham was in every offer. I, I wanted to get him on all my teams and those <laughs> ones that man, that some stupid moments, you know, but <laughs> third year wide receiver. We'll see, you know, maybe. I don't know if they'll ever return value for me, though, honestly. If it hits, I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Another player swags held on to for too long. All right, next one is uh, it's for our upcoming rookie draft in the console wars. I have the 110, and I was offered the 201 and the 210 for my 110. Um, question for swags, man. Uh, I need someone with some experience. That's a tough one, man. Um, I think it's very fair, but at 110, you still have like a chance of either getting a quarterback, one of those guys that falls to you, you know, maybe like, I mean, that's where just to speak of a few, and I know every draft's the same. I don't think this draft is going to be quite as top heavy as we want it to be, but I mean, last year you would have got like Justin Jefferson at that area, Herbert. I got Swift at 108, I think is the latest. I got Swift last year. I mean, some of those guys fall in like, so you're not going to get a quarterback at 202, but you might get a, a wide receiver you really like. You might get Marshall, you know what I mean, or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Maybe one of those guys falls to you or one of the tight ends, but. I kind of want to stick with the 110 until the draft at this point. I kind of want to move up with my That was going to be my next question for you. Yeah. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. I told him, "Hey, I'm not I'm not opposed to moving back. Like I think the the value is is really fair. 
um, to move back by three spots and pick up an extra late second. But I said, I really think it's probably smarter for me to wait until the actual draft to see who's actually there at 110 of if depending yeah. on how the board plays out. You think that's well, right? And that's move? just it. Yeah. Cause I mean, if no matter how you feel about like Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, those guys that are getting hyped a little bit more right now, no matter how you feel about those once, like if it really works out to say where Mac Jones goes to the 49ers and you have Zach Wilson with the jets and then you have two starting quarterbacks. And even if you don't want those guys, those guys are going to go very early. They'll be picked within the top four to five picks just because they are guaranteed a starting role, even if it doesn't work out in the NFL. And then you still have like Justin Fields in there who I think is better than those guys who's still going to generate enough, like no matter what he's going in the top five of your super flex. So if you have four quarterbacks gone and it's pushing all of that back to 110, this the quarterbacks in this class are going to push some talent back to you. I don't know. I I just kind of I want to move up. I'm I'm with you there, especially. I mean, I think that in dynasty, especially in these these drafts, we get enamored with trying to like move back and take more chances. But the more you move back, the less likely those chances are to hit, right? So I think yeah. I think usually you want to you want to try to take one of the studs in the first if you can here, unless you really hate everything in this draft. And like you're yeah. saying, you're right. You want to wait and see what the NFL draft tells you to do and almost the and crazy thing about that trade uriah is i feel like if you would have talked to me about this two months ago i would have said yeah it's so deep move back wow yeah i love that, but, that i love I, i'm glad you admit that because that's that's great for the timeline of like how picks evolve you know what mm-hmm. i mean it really is it's yeah. yeah did you make this trade happen uriah or did this not happen no, this is it, it was pinned to me from uh, the guy who won our league uh, the the first year, and okay. uh, I just told I told him I'm, I'm not saying no. Uh, I'm just saying not yet. I want to. I just kind of want to wait to see who's who's there. I think that's just probably the smarter move for me. Like I do have the itch just to make the trade, but um, as Swags was pointing out, you know, there's man five quarterbacks go before that tenth pick. There's a ton ton of value there. I think I should probably just. Probably yeah, and if you watch him take a quarterback at 110 even, if one does fall to there, if you watch, yeah, you're just going to be like, oh. Yeah, you're going to be like, you're going to be like, <laughs> yeah. Trey Lance fell. You know what I mean? You're going to be like, yeah. no. Somebody. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. Um, I got one more here for us. So this this last trade happened in, also in Console Wars, but I we mentioned before, Console Wars is a uh, – uh, 36 team league, three divisions, right? So there's three different copies of, of every player. I have Tom Brady as well. Tom Brady has been traded twice. Okay. So the other two copies have been traded in the past two months, two or three months, I think. I've been trying to get, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out Tom Brady's value here. And I'm asking, do you think if this is fair value? So he went for the 207 the other day, right? Just straight up Tom Brady for the 207. I've been thinking that his value is a little, a little bit above that a little bit, whether it's a higher second or, or I guess that second plus something, is that fair value for you, Tom Brady for the two Oh seven? Yeah, I think it's fair value. And I think you've kind of, if you're, you're put yourself into a position where if you need a quarterback, you should feel okay. Pain. You're not getting a quarterback at two Oh seven in your super flex, you know, Gardner Minshew is not going to happen every year where you get that guy off waivers. That's going to help your team, but you're getting a good quarterback probably only for a year or two. 
So, what about, you know, what you about, about the, amount of time? What about on the other end? Because you know that, you know, Tom Brady's an expiring asset, obviously. He's mm-hmm. got another year or two. Are you, are you willing to, to get rid of him? Obviously, if you have other QB help, you're, you know, you're trying to do that, I guess. But are you willing to move him for the 207 or would you need more? Yeah, man, that's a tough one. It, it, it does kind of depend on your situation. I think that, ah, that's such a tough one. I think that, man, I'm going to say he's worth the first thank you thank you you know like that's where i'm at with it because he's a starting quarterback for i think at least two years and he's going to give you qb2 production 100 percent high end qb2 production right with with qb1 upside yeah and i think like the time to get out is after like if you feel like you're say in week 10 maybe week nine and you're just like, wow, my team's probably not going to make the playoffs. Then that's when you probably like see what kind of like either injured assets you could like get to put on your team that have a future or something like that. And you look for that quarterback needy team. But at this point, yeah, I think he's worth a first. And I mean, I would probably take any year, but I'm not just going to give you a starting quarterback. For for nothing almost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. I mean, yeah. My my league mates have screwed me. They've really pigeonholed. They put me into a corner here because he has gone for a second, a mid second, both times. So I'm I'm yeah. like, how, how can I sell him for anything else? So I told you right the other day. I said I think I'm just, um, I'm good. I think I'm just gonna sit. And, and I'm, see, I'm that's sit what you him. should be paying for Andy Dalton. You should be okay paying like a a two oh seven for Andy Dalton, but people want to get him for a third. Where you should be okay paying a second for Andy Dalton in Superflex. If you're a contender need need a need a QB, hundred percent. Yep. Like I'm I, I know it's hard. I know you guys are excited about your rookie drafts. Talking about the list to the listeners, but that two oh seven has less of a chance of hitting than Andy Dalton does this year. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And you know, and Andy Dalton, he he gets so much slander. I will say he's not that bad. Oh my guys. god! He's not that Coming bad. from a Dallas fan who just got like half a decent season out of him, yeah, yeah, he's not that bad. <laughs> he's, he's not. I mean, he's not. I would be mad at your team for how they protected him, and like, especially. I mean, they don't even help the dude off the field. Like, hopefully, he's going to an environment where he's appreciated a little bit. They're just kind of like, "Oh, you're not Dak. Like, get up, dude." Like, <laughs> and it was it was against like poking him with this Washington. It was against Washington, yeah. our division rivals, and they just like looked at Andy Dalton on the field asleep. Yeah. Just sort of like. Hey. I don't know yeah, what to do with like, this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not touching him. Oh, it was so bad. I, I was very embarrassed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Alrighty. Well, dude, thank you for uh, thank you, Swags, for tolerating our nonsense. Um, oh man, thank you guys. Honestly, this has been a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, that was a blast. We'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on sometime. Appreciate you guys, man. All right, hey everybody. Thanks for giving us a listen. Uh, Appreciate our guests coming on Swags at Swagzilla Zero G on Twitter and the Rookie Fever podcast, which is awesome. Listen to it before you listen to us, definitely. You can follow us and find us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Your IFF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Josh Goldberg. Have a good night, guys. Mm-hmm.